one thing that's important to success in this industry is um, to have confidence, but remain easily humbled. Um, you will be humbled multiple times in your first year of practice, but um, confidence is key. Um, and I, I really, I really think that uh, confidence will carry you through challenge. Um, and there's nothing short of challenge, especially in a system of this size. So. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Swine management to the next level. Cloudfarms.com. Ivonic Animal Nutrition. We are sciencing the global food challenge. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts, MS Gold, the best hygiene products in livestock farming. Eastman serves veterinarians and nutritionists in agrochemical and animal health industries by helping them select, evaluate, and implement innovative nutritional programs. Eastman works with your team to customize your gut health approach in feed and water. Eastman's approach addresses nutritional and bacterial challenges and finds new ingredient preservation and hygiene solutions. Explore ways to accelerate and innovate your programs. Contact the Animal Nutrition Team at Eastman.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Greiner, your host for today's Swine It podcast. And with me today, I have Dr. Brooke Kidding, who is a swine production veterinarian for Seaboard Foods. Brooke, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Well, we're really excited to have you on today, Brooke. Um, I know there'll probably be a lot of listeners that aren't familiar with you. And so before we jump into the topic, let's have you maybe give a little bit more background about who you are. Absolutely. just want to say thank you for the opportunity. I'm really glad to be visiting with you today. Uh, my name is Brooke Kidding. I am a production veterinarian at Seaboard Foods. I'm currently based in the Diamond, Oklahoma live operations region. I have uh, oversight of our health in our sow bases in Texas and Colorado, which encompass about 85,000 sows and 750,000 growing pigs. Um, So my job keeps me plenty busy. I just celebrated my one-year anniversary in July, um, so uh, had been a great journey thus far. Uh, And most people's journeys to Diamond, Oklahoma, or nothing short of unique, and mine is no different. So uh, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, uh, equidistance to State College in Harrisburg. So I grew up in a very rural community where agriculture was important to a lot of people and um, found myself very involved in 4-H and SSA from a very early age. And those experiences, uh, like a lot of people in the swine industry, led me to want to pursue a career uh, in livestock. Um, and so I graduated with a BS in animal science from Delaware Valley university in 2018. Uh, while there I dabbled in a couple of different industries, but for the purpose of this podcast and what people want to know is where I got my swat, my start in swine was I did a production internship with country View family farms in between my junior and senior year of college. And that's where the door opened up for me. Um, and I, you know, I did the formal production internship 
Um, I was going into my senior year. I didn't really have classes on Thursday or Friday and it turned out the farm weaned on Thursday. So I was able to finish up my classes for the week and head home and get a decent amount of work in with the activities surrounding weaning and the post weaning period. So uh, really took that experience head on and that's where I came to love pigs and love being involved in the, in the industry. And I did that until about March of my senior year. And then I graduated that May. Um, and then that fall in August of 2018, I enrolled in the university of Pennsylvania school of veterinary medicine. Um, after my first year of veterinary school, I relocated to Des Moines, Iowa. I was the public health intern at the national pork board in 2019 and then uh, following my second year, I interned with veterinary services and at Seaboard Foods in Guyman, Oklahoma, and I've not looked back since. Oh, that's great. I think that's that's exactly what a lot of people are probably interested in is where have you been and and certainly how did you get to where you're at? And it, it really kind of leads into the topic today, which um, you're very passionate about is, is being mentors to or being a mentor to younger individuals who are considering a path in the swine industry and certainly in swine medicine. And so, um, you know, let's talk maybe a little bit. I'm going to start where you're at now and we'll kind of work backwards. But, you know, as you transitioned out of vet school and and have now been in your career for a year, which congratulations, by the way, (laughs) that's exciting. Um, Thank you. What what have been what's some of the bigger challenges that you didn't necessarily expect? And I, I mean, just coming from an area where you've had some swine production experience, you've been involved with with a system of, of good size. So what were some things as as you left vet school and moved into practice were were unusual or unexpected? Well, let me I guess I should start off with I knew coming out of veterinary school that I, I wanted to work in a system of this size. Um, and I, I felt that I was really a production system oriented veterinarian. Um, I really felt that working in a system of this size with the scaled impact that I have really provides a unique opportunity that is not afforded to, um, veterinary, you know, other veterinarians in the industry. So, um, you know, and with that said, you know, swine production medicine isn't, number one on the docket in the veterinary education. So there's a lot that you learn by fire uh, and baptism by fire is what a lot of people say. So there's a lot that you learn as you're going uh, that, you know, they say that you, you're not prepared for, but you really don't understand or grasp the concept until you're sitting in the fire and trying to get a way out. So um, just wanted to preface with that. Um, And I would say, you know, a lot of, and a lot of veterinary professionals listening to this will be able to understand, but a lot of our curriculum in veterinary school is taught in such a black and white manner. And, uh, it's, it, there's very little focus on navigating the gray area and a lot of, you know, learning in your first year of practice is that there's not very much in the swine industry or in life in general, that's black and white. And so navigating that gray area has been a challenge and, it, you know, it's something that you expect, but again, it's, it's not something that you can, it's not something you can prepare for until you're going through it. One example that comes to mind immediately for me in my role is uh, the communication piece, uh, communication and, you know, developing skills around communication where they lack some of the veterinary education and in the swine industry, communication is 
so important. You know, you said at the beginning, I, obviously I love animals because I, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but everyone says, you know, you can love animals, but people are the most important part. And this being a swine industry is especially no different. Um, and, you know, learning how to communicate and how your words um, really matter to people, especially when you're in a position with so, so much impact, um, the way that you relay your message and the way that you communicate is is something that can only be learned. And of course, some people are more skilled in communication skills than others. So it comes naturally to people. I would say that, that that's something that comes naturally to me. But I've been humbled many times in the past year on ways that I did not communicate effectively or I did not do, uh, you know, a task justice enough by explaining it correctly or, you know, whatever have you. And that's just, that's part of it. And again, baptism by fire as you learn by doing so. Um, and, you know, in a scale of this size uh, production system, you know, so much impact, so much work to always be doing, uh, learning how to prioritize what you feel is important and prioritize the needs of the business um, and what needs to be done. Um, you'll come in and you'll, under, you'll begin to understand the problems that exist and understand that you're never going to have a day that's short of work um, and learning how to manage your time and prioritize what's important is uh, a skill that you will learn very fast in a system like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What about um, one of the things I think about as you're talking about your transition out of vet school to your, your current job is a mentor. Um, I know Seabor is a large company. They have multiple vets. Have you found individuals within the company that you use as mentors? Do you have people outside of your business that you might use as a mentor, somebody that you can bounce some ideas off of or have a safe space to, to basically talk about issues at hand? Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, mentorship is essential to a new graduate. And I would say that, you know, a lot of people beyond being a new graduate, they utilize their mentors and people that they look up to consistently in this industry. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why I like the swine industry is because we all lean on one another and really work together to solve issues. So, you know, I not, I not only have veterinarians that I look up to within our company, um, but I also have, you know, operations managers and people in production that have provided me a lot of mentorship because that, you know, you can't argue with being in the industry for longer than I've been alive. So um, they've seen and done things that I have not. And I'm willing to admit that even though, you know, I am a veterinarian, but they have, they know more than me in a lot of scenarios. So leaning on them for advice, you know, having mentors that are non-veterinarians are equally important to me in this business, but also, you know, having veterinarians in, you know, technical service roles or within other companies that have really provided a lot of value for me um, in navigating issues and uh, challenges in my role. So absolutely mentorship from within, not only veterinarians, but also uh, people within our production management team, within our senior leadership team, um, and also, you know, people within the industry that are there for support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I had a couple of really good dear friends that were production staff that, you know, I could walk in their office and just talk about an idea and they'd be very open to say if it was a stupid idea or not. And some days you need that um, for sure in, in your mindset, right? Just to help. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely. What about for somebody who's who's about ready to graduate from vet school, right? We have some that are probably within the next year getting ready to graduate and are still trying to navigate those waters of, of who a mentor might look look like or who they might be. Is there um, a place that you might recommend that they start looking for mentors or how should they go about establishing their first couple? Yeah, I, um, so I mean, judging by my background, I'm very passionate about experience and putting yourself out there, getting out of your comfort zone and trying to find those experiences that open those doors for you. So, you know, as a fourth year veterinary student, you're in a perfect place and have the perfect opportunity to utilize externships with companies. So that's something that I utilized heavily. You know, I had already established my mentors within Seaboard and had some mentors dispersed elsewhere in this in the industry. Um, but I really utilized externships, um, extern with a lot of different companies in my fourth year, spent as little time in the hospital at school as possible um, for clinical rotations. And, you know, that's where a lot of my mentors come from is just being riding with them, um, learning their system. And, you know, it's, sometimes that's, you know, I had days or weeks where I was with systems for 48 hours and then I had uh, experiences where I was with them for a full two weeks. So, um, and I, I talked to both of those people equally. So um, even, you know, a one to two day experience can really open doors for you. And I really recommend um, utilizing resources that exist, such as American Association of Swine Veterinarians. They have their externship and internship page. Um, I located Seaport's internship on that page and a lot of my externships, the contacts I located on there. So certainly if you're looking to get into the swine industry and trying to identify those mentors and a potential future employers, you know, it's a great time to be a fourth year veterinary student because, you know, everyone is looking to hire and there's open positions everywhere. So uh, if you put yourself out there, um, a lot of times those externships act like job interviews. Um, my, you know, my internship was a job interview essentially uh, that resulted in a full-time job. So you have to look at those experiences as something like that, as well as putting yourself out there for your benefit, but they're also um, analyzing you and looking at you as a potential employee. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've mentioned now the couple of words, internships and externships, and some of our listeners may not be familiar with that. Um, and certainly people who are listening to this, that maybe you're getting ready to start their first year of veterinary school are probably wondering well, how do I get internships between my my first and second year of vet school and, and so forth? And we don't have to go into when each is, but, you know, can you maybe help students that are thinking about um, wanting to do internships during their veterinary career, you know, where to look, you know, what those might look like, and then what kind of path they should think about when they're looking at externship opportunities? Yes, absolutely. Um, so an internship is generally a 10 to 12 week um, experience that you have generally during the summer. So if you were an undergraduate student during the summers, you likely did internships. And then depending on where you go to school, you may have opportunities to do internships while you're in veterinary school. I had two uh, viable summers where I could complete an internship. So um, that's that that's the opportunities that those are the opportunities that existed for me. And then an externship, uh, generally, uh, 
alerts to an unpaid brief experience that can be one to two weeks in duration that is part of your education experience. So once you enter your fourth year, um, that's where externships really come applicable um, between uh, your intramural rotations, which are rotations that your university sponsors uh, in their internal uh, hospital uh, or clinics. And then um, externships are experiences that you gain outside or externally um, for a brief amount of time. When you are looking for opportunities for externships and internships, I really recommend, again, utilizing those uh, websites or organizations that really work to identify those areas, specifically in swine medicine. But, um, you know, in the veterinary profession, we have many organizations uh, such as bovine practitioners, small ruminant practitioners, and not to say that I didn't, I didn't, I did cattle and sheep externships in, in vet school as well. So, um, you know, not to say that if you know you're going to go into swine medicine, you can't have a little fun with dabbling in some other, other areas. So I would really recommend uh, accessing those websites. They oftentimes have very well published externship and internship listings, as well as job postings. Um, so you can kind of see who's hiring, who may have an internship available or an externship available in the time that they're hiring and kind of target your energy there. Um, but then I also use uh, avenues like LinkedIn, or if I have a, an already established mentor, I would probably reach out to them and ask them to identify areas or companies that would take on a student um, for an internship or an externship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things I know we see a lot of is also with the SHIP program. So uh, Mm -hmm. students jumping in and and getting assigned to a veterinary clinic or uh, a pharmaceutical company, perhaps, that has an opportunity for them to do an internship. Um, I know I did those a lot. Um, When I was at Carthage, I oversaw a lot of those students. They always have a research project and it's really awesome because then they generally get to go to ASV the next year and compete for some scholarship money, which is always needed as a veterinary student, right? So absolutely, um, yeah. That yeah, the SVIP program is a great program. I did not participate in that program, but I have a lot of colleagues in the industry that has have a history in that program, and so obviously, all good things to say about it from the outside looking in. And you bring up a good point of you know that. SDIP program really gives you the opportunity to execute and develop and execute a research pro, um, a research study. And that's very important and invaluable to the swine industry. We rely heavily on research. And so that's something that you kind of get acquainted with during that summer. And then you get to go to the annual meeting the following year. And I had so much fun at AASB annual meeting as a student. And actually my, my last one as a student was in 2020 when it was in Atlanta. So it was definitely a different, uh, you know, environment. We were all at AASV having fun and then we go back and the, the world quite literally ends. So um, I, I really recommend, you know, attending those meetings as students as well, because they often do a lot of, you know, they do a lot of uh, programs and uh, special events for students and, you know, pharmaceutical companies always come forward offering to, uh, do special things for students. So it's just a really great networking opportunity aside from, you know, accessing things on the internet and using your LinkedIn profile as a way to 
professionally access those opportunities going and being meeting people in person is uh you know obviously better than everything i just mentioned but um so i would definitely recommend doing that if you can do that i think it's really good too if they get to go to asv american association of swine veterinarians for those who aren't familiar with that acronym we've been throwing out um but you know one of the things i notice is that they get the exposure to veterinarians they get exposure to the companies and especially maybe a younger student who's in their first or second year they may not be familiar with who all the companies are or they maybe have seen the powerhouse list or something but they don't really know what that belongs to which group and and so when it comes then time for those externships they have a name and somebody they know they can email or call just to see if there's an opportunity for an externship right so i think it's those are great opportunities for them um absolutely for yeah sure. I- I completely agree. Yeah. Um, So one of the other questions I kind of wanted to ask is, you know, those that that maybe are thinking about going to vet school and thinking about this path to vet med, are there any other recommendations that that we should be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of already said my biggest recommendation is to get as much experience as possible in as many industries as possible. I kind of alluded to when I introduced myself what I did when I was an undergrad, but I really uh, did a plethora of different experiences when I was uh, freshman through senior. So I worked uh, in poultry production and I did bench top research with USDA ARS I did my production internship with Countryview. I worked part-time at a small animal clinic, and then I finished my undergrad experiences doing an internship with USDA FSIS. So going into vet school, I had a lot of exposure into a lot of different industries. And, you know, I knew going into vet school, and that's the importance of those experiences. They don't ask you to do experiences just to waste your time. They want you to understand what you want to do with your veterinary degree. So there's inherent value in, in getting a diversity of experiences, because if you can say that you've experienced a good majority of what's out there, you're confident in saying, you know, this is what I want to do with my veterinary education. So I knew going into vet school that I wanted, I, I, I never saw myself in you know, a large animal vet truck going around farm to farm. I definitely saw myself in a population-based medicine setting. So I knew it was either going to be pigs or poultry, and it turned out that I liked pigs more. So that's why I'm in the swine industry. <laughs> well, one of the other things that kind of just popped into my mind as you were talking um, really kind of goes back to the vet school. So you were at University of, of Penn and um, in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania has obviously some pigs with country view, but maybe not as heavily pig-focused as some other schools might be just simply because of, of where they are located geographically. And I know that's been a challenge for students that, that are interested in swine but maybe aren't getting some of the coursework or the background material while they're in vet school. Are there some options that they could consider besides just the standard externships or internships that that they should be thinking about? Cool. Well, I mean, I'd like to shout out to Penn. I think, you know, they're not recognized as a swine school, but we have plenty of Penn graduates in the swine industry that are doing great things. And 
I think their curriculum does a does swine medicine due diligence. I mean, we definitely had swine production lectures and um, we had a swine production rotation, which is not true of a lot of the veterinary schools in the U.S. So I think, you know, the professors there, they got a good thing going on. And I saw being at a university where pigs, um, you know, it wasn't common for swine students to come through was a true advantage to me because I got to take part and take advantage of things that no other student wanted. So um, I saw that as a huge, huge advantage. And, you know, I would say a lot of the, you know, best people that I know in the swine industry went to non-traditional schools. And, you know, I, so I, I definitely encourage people to go, uh, you know, a lot of people say to go to their in-state school because it's most often, often the cheapest and that's true. Uh, but really go where you're comfortable and don't go to a school just because someone says that it's good in this area. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be a veterinarian when you graduate. And um, as long as you're putting yourself out there and networking and getting those experiences, you'll, and you, you prove yourself, you will be given those opportunities the same as any other student. I think that's a great, great tip for our listeners today to, to be listening and hearing on hopefully they are, hearing what you're saying, because that <laughs> that is so true that um, I've met a handful of folks that would tell you that maybe their vet school didn't have quite the swine program as what others would, but, you know, they managed a week over a break to, to go somewhere and spend some time, or maybe they went to a university for a week or two and worked in their D labs or right, had, had made those connections. And that's exactly what I'm hearing you say is, is, if you take your career and you make those connections as you go through, you get those experiences that that help you become the person or the the professional that you want to be. And so I think that's really important for our listeners. Well, are there any other tips or key points that you would like our listeners to have from today's conversation that we haven't covered, uh, particularly related to you know being a swine veterinarian and particularly that that first year as a professional? Uh, any other tips that you'd like to share? Uh, well, I, I think, you know, the goal with, you know, coming into the industry as well as the veterinary profession is that you feel in the first six to 12 months that you are, you know, you're, you're satisfied with your career choice. And I, you know, I obviously want to say that I, I'm, I feel very fulfilled in my position and very happy with the choice that I have made. Um, it's been a, Twelve months has gone by in a flash, and I is to look at myself uh, when I signed on in July of last year to now is just an incredible personal and professional improvement. And you know that that's one of the most exciting things is being able to reflect on yourself like that and see the growth that you have in that first twelve months. And you know people frame the first year of practice so negatively and how hard it is, but I've seen it. I've it's been so enlightening for me. Um, but I mean, I do have, you know, advice. I feel like one thing that's important to success in this industry is um, to have confidence, but remain easily humbled. Um, you will be humbled multiple times in your first year of practice, but um, confidence is key. Um, and I, I really, I really think that uh, confidence will carry you through challenge. Um, and there's nothing short of challenge, especially in a system of this size. So, um, another thing that I, I really like to tell myself and 
tell young people is to get comfortable with discomfort. That kind of goes back to professional and personal growth is you won't find, uh, you won't find growth in areas that you're comfortable. I look at the experiences that I've had and, um, you know, things that have took my career to the next level. And it's, they're all experiences that got me out of my comfort zone. Um, the first scene when I signed to work with Country View um, as a production intern and had never worked with pigs before, that was an area of discomfort. Um, and then, you know, relocating, having known only Pennsylvania my entire life, relocating to Iowa after the first year of vet school, which was, you know, arguably one of the hardest years of my life. And then, you know, relocating again to Guyman, Oklahoma. And I can remember when I first got to Guyman, I was like, what did I get myself into? But it turned out to be uh, such a great experience. So really found professional and personal growth in, in, in opportunities where I was uncomfortable at first. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things I have learned um, not the hard way, but, you know, you learn by doing again is you, I think you, in your first year, you should really seek to, to gain the trust of the people around you rather than impressing people. Um, you know, the people that you work with on a daily basis are your rocks and really support you in your role and gaining their trust can mean a lot more than impressing them. And I think it's, it's really easy to come out as a new grad. Uh, your your confidence is at a whole, all time high. You know, a lot of times we're the only swine student in our class, so we think we know everything. And then we come into a system and we get immediately humbled on things. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's it's easy to want to impress people, but I think you know gaining the trust is is more a, a longevity uh, something that you know you should strive for a little more. And, um, of course, in the first year of practice, being receptive to feedback is, uh, you know, the mainstay in getting better. Uh, you know, we recently did a leadership training uh, based on a podcast that Adam Grant did with Melody Hobson on receiving feedback. And you will receive feedback from a lot of different people in your first year. And, you know, one of the takeaways of the podcast was to, um, find little bits of truth in all the feedback that you receive, because sometimes, you know, feedback cannot mean anything, especially if you lack the respect for that person. But um, there are always little bits of truth in the feedback that you receive. So really take hold of that as a young veterinarian and as a young industry professional, even if you don't go on to be a veterinarian, same is true for people just coming into the industry to work in production. Um and, you know, last bit, of re- last bit of advice, I already talked about this, but lean on your resources and lean on your mentors. Um, not only those people that I already mentioned, you know, within technical services, uh, but, you know, industry experts, diagnosticians at the, the BDLs, um, they will really be uh, your crutch and uh, a huge resource to you as you navigate challenges and try to provide solutions to uh, either systems or, you know, single, singular forms, uh, whatever your audience or your client is, uh, those resources are going to be invaluable to you. Great, great tips there, Brooke, for the, for the listeners and for future swine veterinarians as well. I, I appreciate your insight. It's time for our famous three. 
We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Start your journey with us at Eastman.com. Adiseo is a worldwide leader in animal nutrition, providing nutritional solutions and services which fuel predictable profits. An animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a stimbiotic targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, contact NAM at abvista.com. That's N-A-M at abvista.com. Well, one of the things that we like to do with our list, our guest speakers, as you might know, is we ask a couple of questions of everybody. Um, the first question I'd like to ask you is, what is your uh, recommended swine resource? Well, I'm going to give the typical veterinarian answer. Uh, it's diseases of swine day in and day out. Um, I was explaining to you at the beginning of the episode, I bought my first hard copy diseases of swine on Amazon that was used. I had to duct tape the bind together. Um, I have multiple editions on my laptop. So it's, it's something that I use pretty much on a daily basis um, and has been invaluable uh, in the first year of practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very good. Well, how about something that's not related to pigs? Is there a book that you might recommend to our listeners? Well, I, I, as I said, when I introduced myself, I, I have Colorado and Texas, which is a large uh, geographical region. So I spend a lot of time on the road, which is not unusual for a swine veterinarian. But, um, and as such, I rely more on podcasts. And I'll be honest, I listen to very few educational podcasts. So I usually like true crime and mystery podcasts. But if I do have time to read, I like kind of that genre, um, anything by James Patterson, Michael Connolly, uh, Mary Higgins Clark, um, anything that can kind of help me escape um, the world of professional life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great. And and I do hear a lot of professionals um, using podcasts in their travel time. And so I think that is a great one, whether it's an audio book or a podcast. I think that's always a great way to give yourself a mental break from time to time. And as you said, escape from your professional world for a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm, I, I'm a year in and I haven't tapped into the audiobook market yet, but I'm, I think I'm there. I just need to identify my first audiobook to commit to. I'm really bad at uh, commitment, you know, like with new shows or new books, new podcasts. So I'm, mm-hmm. I need to identify my first audiobook and really commit to it. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Good luck. Hope you find one. <laughs> Thank you. The the last question I ask of you is if you could think of someone in your life that you have defined as successful and you define success however you want and you don't need to name a name on the podcast, but what would be a trait about that person that you think has allowed them to be successful? Um, Well, 
I talked a lot about challenge in this episode and I think, you know, people that are successful in this industry demonstrate a certain level of tenacity and perseverance um, to be successful is, you know, to face failure head on. And there's no shortage of failures, um, whether you're a veterinarian or in the swine industry. And so I feel that being able to overcome obstacles and face challenges head on is a, a very necessary quality to be successful in this, in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great one for sure. Well, Brooke, I want to thank you again for your time today. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. Uh, for our listeners again today, this is Dr. Brooke Kidding, who is a swine production veterinarian with Seaboard Foods. Brooke, thank you again. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure.